The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. All, all you Chiefs fans around the world, we're here to talk all season for all the boys and girls. So join with Sterling and Richard, and I'm a Connor too. Word up. I don't know how else the rest of that goes. We need Cameo here to join us. If you're from the 80s, you know what I'm talking about. If you're newer, I don't care because your music taste probably sucks and you're listening to like Lana Blanda Del Rey or something. Anyway. I'm here with Sterling Holmes, and we're talking Chiefs Kingdom uh, off-season. Dude, I've been ready for this. Are you? I love I love the drama of, like, roster construction. I love, are they going to sign this guy or that guy? I love the draft. I love the draft. Are you with me in that? Like, do you like this time of year? Yeah, word up, man. Word up. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Uh, the corn version of that song also slaps surprisingly. No, I'm not a big Limp Biscuit fan. You you knew kids in your in your Limp Biscuit new metal. Uh, that song goes hard though. Yeah, dude, I love this part. Like, this is great. It's now a hypothetical season. It's the what ifs. It's the time to shoot your shot. It's the time to be a GM. Step inside. Yeah, Brett Veach actually gets the job done, but now it's our chance to be a miniature version in our dome version of Brett Veach. I I do enjoy this type of, of the year because it's fun, man. It's hypothetical season. I love it. But, uh, by the way, so today, just so you guys know, uh, Chiefs Kingdom, we are going to take this week and next week um, to take some inventory. And the reason this is important, look, last night, my wife has been sick. She and we're getting ready to start a new week after the holiday. So like my kid needs lunches. We need meals planned. I was like, well, I'll go to the store. I don't mind. And she's like, all right. She texts me what we need. Before I go to the store, it's vital for me to make a list of what I need and to uh, or to eat something so I just don't go out there hungry and end up buying like four boxes of Captain Crunch with Crunch Berries or something and coming home with that's it. That's I mean, that's okay with me. But you get what I'm saying. Before the Chiefs go shopping, in free agency, before we load up with another draft class, one of the things that's going to be important is to know, okay, what exactly do we have in the cupboards? Who is already on the books on both sides of the ball? And so before the signings become official and all that stuff, I thought it'd be a good idea. We thought it would be a good idea for Sterling and myself over the next couple of episodes here on at least our episodes, which are the most fun, let's be honest. Um, for us to, let's be honest, they're really not at all. Um, you know, for us to take stock of what's in the cupboards, who is already on the books. We're starting with the defense because that's the most exciting part of the, of the roster right now. Who is there? All the conversation is about the defense right now. Legereus sneak, Chris Jones, but we're going to spend this episode looking at who the chiefs already have. What are the needs really? And then we can properly assess what they should do with the big guns that are out there for the taking. Um, but before we get into that, we have a deal. Do we have a deal? Chef boy or D mm, the, pizza, the pizza lunchables. Oh, yeah. I've never had that. 
Yeah, that's what you need in your in your pantry. Uh, I'm being facetious, by the way. Um, yes, we do. We have a new deal, and you do not want to miss this. If you've not downloaded the FanDuel app yet, you want to take advantage of this offer. New users who sign up with our link must deposit $10 and place a first wager of $5 on any live bet. If that first bet wins, you will receive $150 in bonus bets straight to your account. This offer is only available if you sign up through our link, bit.ly forward slash arrow 150. You can find that link in the description below our stream, as well as scan the QR code on screen to start signing up. Again, the, the link is bit.ly forward slash arrow 150. This offer will end shortly, so make sure you do not miss out. Offers only available to new customers which one plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the link and the full terms of the offer. Um, folks, we're so glad that you're with us again here in the off season. We're, uh, we have a long road ahead to reconstruct, uh, a new roster that will be going for a three Pete feels weird to even say that feels good, but weird to even say that. Um, and yeah, before we get into it though, let's, let's go with the little news of the day. If we will, by the way, um, the chiefs recently, you and I haven't talked about this. Joe Cullen resigned to an extension. Then Dave Tobe, re-signed extension. Then, then I like your movements. This is so good. And then, um, and then we re-signed Spags, right? Like it feels like everyone is in house now. We've locked everyone up. One, one, baffling, baffling to me that the Chiefs are allowed to retain this much leadership. They're going for their third title, and no one even wants to touch their coordinators no one's I, it's just crazy it's crazy to me they're allowed to do this anyway what like what do you make of the resignings and um i heard a rumor one of my one of our writers tyler brown said that he read and i couldn't i couldn't find it in time but he said that uh that he saw a three-year timeline for dave tobe which makes me wonder like if, if that's true were they all signed to three years and is that sort of an in-house timeline for coach Reed? My understanding of coaches' contracts are you don't know the year length. Like that's very difficult to find a lot of yeah. times because most of the times it's not made public. Yeah. Um, my thing is I'm just going to focus on this upcoming season. Again, a lot of these guys, Spagnolo, um, older, right? Who, who, who knows how long he wants to keep doing what he's doing. Um but I'm thrilled, man. That was that was locking in. Like these guys are locked. I'm getting the roller coaster on. <laughs> I'm getting back on for the ride, and the ride's gonna be great, dude. Like it's gonna be. Might be some bumps along the way. It might be a regular season again of ups and downs. But come postseason, these coaches and this staff, time and time again, has shown the ability to get it done. Spagnolo has shown as the season progresses. This is the first year it really didn't happen where even if the start of the year is a struggle, they will figure it out. They get better as the year goes on. Dave Tobe, for all the concerns with punt returners, punting, kicking, and quite frankly, even the returns for the majority of the time have actually been pretty solid, right? Mm -hmm. We all made fun of Sky Moore, but when Richie James took over, we were pretty thrilled overall. He had one that really stood out. That one where he took it out of the end zone, and he still got back to the nine-yard line. So all things considered, it wasn't as quite a big a disaster as it could have been. Like, Dave Tobe is known around the NFL as a phenomenal special teams coordinator. Take that for what you will. Spagnolo is clearly a big-game coordinator. Should be the first coordinator only to make it into the Hall of Fame. That should be of note. Joe Cullen. You know, Dave Merritt's the other, I guess, piece to the puzzle here, if, if we ever find out about Dave. Um, but yeah, bringing the gang back together, why wouldn't you? Why yeah. wouldn't you, after what you have seen this team do organizationally, it's rare, man. How many times were the Patriots hemorrhaging big-name guys? You saw what happened in the Eagles this year, right? A lot of the same players defensively. A lot of the same players offensively. What happened? They took massive steps back. Both the coordinators left. Well, here in Kansas City, those dudes are returning. Why? Why are they returning? I mean, I mean, of course, coaches want to be a part of this. So, like, you want to stick around and win a three-peat and be historic. I mean, of course, I get that. But I guess 
is it the shadow of Andy Reed that's too great for some of these guys to differentiate themselves? Are the Chiefs playing too deep into the postseason that some owners don't want to let their coaches like you like maybe you don't want to hire a head coach in mid February because then your staff is going to suffer for at yep. least a year. But you would think if you get the head guy right, is it not worth waiting a month or two for him? I'm like I'm just baffled at all the excuses to me sound lame. Do they sound lame to you? Yeah, I always find it perplexing that teams are so quick. I understand why, but it's perplexing when you also take a step back and for the most part realize well, the best coordinators are going to be on the teams that are perpetually winning. So why wouldn't you wait and get your guy instead of getting a guy, right? Like that, that's what I think the question is. People are so quick to say, we need to get a guy. We need to get a guy. We got to do something to, to rile our fan base up and so they can get a, a head start on free agency and, you know, get, get their draft board ready. It's like, yeah, but that's just a dude. You're going to be looking for another head coach in two years time. Yes. You wait, you might be having the guy. And then you go from there. Like Spagnuolo, I understand, right? He wasn't a great head coach. Um, he's older, obviously, and he's defensive-minded. Well, a lot of the new school traditional thought process is, hey, I guess that's kind of contradictory, new school traditional, but the new school thought process is offensive-minded. What can they do with the quarterback? Or, or they'll, they'll even go Dan Campbell route where you go, we want to get a guy who's the, like Raheem Morris, right, with Atlanta. Let's get a CEO type of guy. A guy that all the players love and respect, and he will hire the OC and the DC. Basically, they're just the the top of the food chain, and they delegate. Well, obviously, in Kansas City, Andy Reid does not do that. He delegates defensively, but offensively, he's still going to be the guy. So I, I think there's some of that going around of um, just different schools of thought. And I think Spagnolo being a defensive-minded head coach is probably the outside looking in. Like Robert Sala is a defensive-minded guy, but guess what he is? Well, he was younger. Like Raheem Morris, I get defensive-minded, but he's going to be the CEO type. Like Spags wants to put his hands in his, in his his blueprint, I would imagine, everywhere he goes. And also, I'd say the issue is some guys are better coordinators than head coaches. That's yeah. not a knock. That's not a knock. Like Bill O'Brien's a great OC. I think Bill O'Brien's a pretty good head coach, actually. He was a horrible GM. Like some guys are good at certain parts of their job and other guys are not. I think Spags is also, in the, at least in my opinion, such a great defensive coordinator. I understand he could take a shot. and I'm sure he wants to be a head coach again. Who wouldn't want to? But at the same point, you have a really good situation and a really thing going here in Kansas City. Your job security is, is well, very, very secure. Sometimes you don't want to mess with a good thing. Eric Bieniemy did. He wanted to get a head coaching job. So he tried. He took a lateral move. Well, now he's looking for a job. Now, yeah. he might come back to Kansas City. Obviously, there's some of those rumors flying around. But again, the grass isn't always greener. Sometimes you're going to a team where, let's be real now, they have a vacancy for a reason. There's a reason why they're looking for someone new. I'll put it this way. One week after the Super Bowl, one week after the Super Bowl, who would have ever thought that Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, Mike Vrabel would all be unemployed and that the Chiefs would still have every single one of their coordinators and assistants after repeating as champions. Like all of that together, this is the wonkiest coaching carousel hire I could remember in forever because of all of that. Are you more surprised? For me personally, I'm, I'm the most surprised about Mike Vrabel based on his age and his success with mm. turning around a yeah. not great team. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I will say that I think age is overrated at this point. I think a lot of guys have proven capable of winning later on including Andy Reid right now who is re like like I think I think Andy Reid's reestablishment of his career the fact that he's going to go into the hall as a chief and not an eagle by the way after such a long run in Philly is unbelievable and I think him and also Belichick having failed early in his career too like shows you that it's possible that it's about timing it's about scenery it's about ownership uh, ownership's trust and relationship there. And also it's largely about quarterback. Um, so, you know, like even though they didn't have Mahomes at, then John Dorsey had a hell of a vision for the roster and, and turn things around very quickly on the player personnel side. So um, yeah, I like, I, I don't buy the age thing. I I'd be fine with a Belichick or 
Pete Carroll or whatever, even though they're older. But certainly, yes, you're right. Because he's younger, I I I feel like if you look at the Titans roster, they were easily in the bottom third talent wise over Atrocious. the last several years. I Atrocious. just I don't get it. I don't get how they won so much, except that they played their asses off every time they faced the Chiefs and every time I saw them otherwise. Um, so I, I would be thrilled if I were a fan, if Mike Vrabel were in the running for a coaching gig on my team. Um, so yeah, it's baffling to me. I'm wondering if he just wanted some time off and kind of spurned most offers, unless it's a golden opportunity. That, that would be my guess. Cause otherwise owners are dumber than I thought. And I already think very low of NFL owners, by the way. Hey, I'm Hey, seriously, seriously. Look, I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. Uh, Matt Verderam, uh, friend of the show. Um, you know, like he and I met at the combine last year. He's got tons of stories. I'm not going to say any of them. It's not for public consumption, whatever. But he's just got like they all float out there. You go out to you go out for drinks with press people. Uh, we, you know, we all met for dinner with some other press people from the combine and everyone has the stories of, Hey, look, NFL owners are just rich kids who inherited their parents stuff. And they grew up with the silver spoon and they're all kind of buffoons. And if you think they're wise and know how to run a team, like they don't, they're all kind of, and then you hear some of these stories about them and you're like, I, I just, I remember for like a full week, I was like with Matt at the combine and I was going, wait, are you, are you serious? Wait, that story can't be written. Wait, are you kidding me? Uh, no, I, I, Matt, I heard this story. Is that true? Probably, probably, you know, Matt. Probably, <laughs> probably. It is. So anyway, yeah, yeah. NFL owners, no one should be. Anyway, that's all I'm saying. Although I will say Clark Hunt, stand-up dude. Clark Hunt has, I mean, the Chiefs have the organizational culture of a winning culture. There are there are anomalies to this fact. But a lot of the, a lot of the families, I think, I'm in over my head. Save me from this. Where are we going with this? Well, what we're going to do here, Matty C, is we are going to talk about the franchise tag period. Um, yeah, let's do it. I, well, I just wanted some quick thoughts here. What do you think on uh, like the franchise tag period, by the way, for folks, opens today. Uh, it closes on March the f- 5th, I believe, in which you're allowed to put the franchise uh, tag out there. Um do you believe the Chiefs are going to use the frame? Like, we'll talk more about their cases later on. Chris Jones, Jerry Sneed, um, being the primary two. But do you think the Chiefs are going to end up tagging someone this offseason? Yes or no? Uh, yes, but I don't think it would be Chris Jones unless um, it's the a Chiefs tag reserve the right. Yeah, okay. they still have that right. Um, yeah, they reserved the right I'm, to do that as part of their negotiations last year. I'm looking at it right now. So Chris Jones looks like he would be tagged for uh, just under $21 million. But it's the second tag, so that goes up. Was it 50%? I forget. Is it like 30 I believe million? it's $32 million is where he's at. Yeah, it's like with, $32 with million to tag. tag Chris Jones. So I don't think the Chiefs would do that. That's going to be absurd to tag a, a – single player that's not a quarterback for 32 million love chris jones i just don't see that happening right i think yeah. we can both agree there right correct yeah. okay uh then cornerback legerious sneed would probably be tagged at the just under 18 point 18. Well, just for 18.8 million dollars so I, I i think you would probably most likely tag legerious either try and come to a long-term solution or a tag and trade because you would get a decent haul back for sneed um, yeah. I think Chris Jones is going to be extension or bust. That's what it comes down to to me. Um, it's tough because Chris Jones age and it might seem tantalizing to go after Legereus Sneed. Uh, I want both, by the way, and I, I've talked about this a lot on, on a few shows already and we'll get into it as the offseason progresses. But if you can only have one, I'm leaning towards Chris Jones based on the fact that it's easier to predict interior defensive line uh, statistics year over year than cornerback. And by the way, the Chiefs have shown the ability to develop, identify, and get talent out of cornerbacks, even unheralded cornerbacks. Like again, Legereus was a fourth rounder. While they've not been able to do that on the defensive line, there's no one waiting in the wings. There's no first team all pro uh, yeah. in the wings 
but there is McDuffie in the secondary. So if I had my druthers, give me both. But if I'm a realistic man, give me CJ95. Yeah, I'm with you. By the way, with CJ, uh, I want to have this debate real quickly. Somewhat uh, earlier on with some of our Arrowhead writers, we were even talking about this, saying that, hey, look, guys, when they hit the wall along up front, they can hit it real quickly. A guy can look real old real quick along the defensive line. He's got the juice to get rush the passer, then suddenly an injury or age, whatever happens. It happens to everybody. No one's immune. Chris Jones is not immune, and he's already 30 now. There is. There is some caution there about throwing that much money toward him. But here's what I said, and I wonder what you think. Chris Jones, Chris Jones issued any any like conditioning whatsoever last year. He was like, I'm gonna sit at home. I mean, I'm sure he was working out, but he did not go through an Andy Reid training camp. He did not go through the preseason. He did not get ready for the season with some reps like everyone else, and he even missed week one while he was sitting up there with the Cats brothers watching the Lions beat the Chiefs by one point in the stands. Jones came down from the stands for week two, and he met and he signed a deal that was incentive-laden, right? So, like, based on his performance. So he doesn't prep for the season like normal. And he signs a contract that's dependent on his performance, and he meets almost every one of those incentives. I I guess I think I don't think Jones is looking like old. I think Jones proved this last season. He's as in good a shape as anyone. And in fact, he kind of walked in up the streets having worked out on his own and had a season at which he beat everyone's hurdles they wanted to put in front of him before paying him. So that to me gives me confidence that Jones is aging well, that he's still taking care of himself, let alone when he's back for like Andy Reid conditioning in St. Joe in the summer. Yeah, he's 29 right now. He'll be 30 in July. Uh, Legereus Snead is already 27. That's fairly old. And if you're just going by position, 27 for a cornerback, you're starting to enter the tail end, typically, typically for a cornerback, right? I'm not saying this is the end-all be-all, but you, you typically think of corners, right? Maybe up until 30, right? And then you transition to safety or you, or you transition to uh, from CB1 to CB2. Yeah, yeah. But again, there's always going to be the Jalen Ramseys and the rare people. Like remember Byron Jones for the Cowboys then went to Miami. He was a stud until he wasn't. Now injury played a big part in that, a big, big part in that. But it still is a case. Namdi Asamoa, right? That's always the one that comes to my mind. Uh, not saying Jerry's is going to fall off a cliff by any means, but that position is very volatile. It's like closers in baseball. Wade Davis, Greg Holland, um, you know, Craig Kimbrell was great, and then he was bad, and then he was good again. Like, like you, you go through these. Um, it's a volatile position. The the rules are, are are against you when you play a cornerback. It's hard. Yeah. Defensive line, on the other hand, again, Chris Jones will be thirty. Um, as angry drunken German says, he he carries his weight well. He hasn't had a lot of severe injuries. Aaron Donald's 32. He's going to be 32, 33. You know, uh, Mike Pinnell, 32, 33. He was able to come off and do it. Like, you've seen it more often on the defensive yeah. line, especially interior, than you have at cornerbacks. So, again, if it were me, I'm going with the higher percentage probability. Yeah. That's where I'm at. I, I'm also going to go out on a limb here, and everyone's going to hate it. Um, let's just say, for example, you can sign two of the, two free agents, basically. Your options are a Mike Evans, T. Higgins, Chris Jones, Legereus. I'm going Chris Jones and Legereus and say, give me a tertiary wide receiver and draft one. I, I think that's not as big of a deal as the majority of Chiefs fans think it is. I know I'm kind of alone in this boat here. I'm paddling, just one paddle by myself. I'm sunburnt. I keep yelling, Wilson, Wilson, Wilson. No one listens, listens to me. <laughs> but um, I'm going to keep paddling that. I'm going to keep paddling. Look, I love... I love Legereus. I love watching him. The tandem of him and McDuffie. I, I mean, Sneed deserves so much credit, and he deserves to get paid big. But if I'm the Chiefs, I tag and trade him. I tag and trade him because everything that you said. Um, and look, we've already invested in Shamari Connor. 
who's there waiting in the wings. You drafted Joshua Williams because you thought he could be a high-level boundary corner. Now he's had two seasons of sort of waiting in the wings. You either trust your investments or you don't. If you, if you sign Legarius Sneed, you're telling the rest of your staff, I mean, in some in part, we don't trust our investments. And so we're going to plug in. We're going to put a cork in our developmental bottle. And we're going to let guys like Nick Jones, um, you know, Shamari Connor and others never fully see if they can develop or not because we're afraid to lose a guy. I would be afraid to lose a guy too. It is going to be a drop. There's no way around it, but Chiefs kingdom has already learned. You can't keep everyone. We had to trade, you know, you traded Tyreek. You've let other guys go. You, you just, you can't start keeping all your guys now, especially, especially at the one position where, we already have a good stash of talent. There's other developmental talent, and the coaches are there to make it happen. Not to mention, by the way, you can easily sign a veteran corner or draft a new guy, even this year too, to join the ranks. Yeah. So that that's what I think. Um, by the way, ESPN predicts uh, or projected or said that the best fit for Legarius Sneed was the Philadelphia Eagles across from Darius Slay, and I just thought, Holy hell, that would be an incredible place for him to land. That's for sure. But yeah. I like that it's the NFC, like Angry Junk and Yeah, oh, baby. So, yeah. We know he he chirps. And as ADG says, you better trade him to the NFC. He gets even. Yeah, I would imagine so. Legereus Sneed, he's found his voice. Like he came into the NFL, he looked pretty quiet, reserved. He's not anymore. I talked to Jamar Chase about it, and he's like, yeah, the biggest chirper is it's Sneed. Like, <laughs> those two go at it. So that's fun. <laughs> Um, love it. Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. Let's get into the, uh, you want to start with the scheduled free agents, scheduled free agents. Who do you have? Look, I just want to go over this for you guys. Um, just for the sake of review for listeners, for us, this is a list of the defensive free agents. These are the people that we're not going to talk about here. Um, and these are just in alphabetical order. Dion Bush, Mike Dana, Mike Edwards, Willie Gay, Chris Jones, Derek Noddy, Sneed, Drew Tranquil, Turk Wharton, and then Malik Herring is a restricted free agent. Um, and then, yeah. So here's what we have. Here's what that means. Um, if we're if we're talking about who the Chiefs already have, um, we can start along the defensive line because things are actually pretty iffy here. Um, we have George Karloftis, B.J. Thompson, Felix Anudike Uzoma, FAU. And then you have Charles Omenihu, who tore an Achilles, so who knows when he's coming back. Uh, and then you got a couple guys on the futures, on a futures deal, uh, Truman Jones, jo- Jordan Smith. So if you're looking there, I want to I start here with you. If you're looking in the cupboards, you got Karloftis, FAU, and then B.J. Thompson, who was a real project, Never showed anything all you know because until week 18. Um, like how are you feeling about that? And even a mini Hughes injury, like what does that do for what you want to do with the position? Not great, Bob. Not yeah. great. I, I, I'm not <laughs> thrilled by this. I mean, Karloff is yes, I, I, I'm thrilled there. Yep, FAU, I've I, I still have high hopes for. Like I, yep. I, I, I stuck by him during the hard times. I'll stick by him now as he's most likely getting an opportunity, a, a full opportunity this upcoming season. Um, Charles Minnehu, great, but he won't be back until halfway through the year. I mean, who, who knows? And who, who knows how long that recovery process plus getting into shape is going to be? I mean, how much can you count on him? That's going to be tough. Yeah. BJ Thompson, I don't know, man. Like, like that's... I don't know how well he fits the scheme. You know, he's kind of like a, I thought more of like a three, four, almost like a outside linebacker, edge rusher type of guy, just based on his body type. But may, I'm, I think I'm, I don't, we'll see. I, I'm not going to all of a sudden say, yeah, BJ Thompson, if you're putting all your hope in that basket, it's a dangerous basket to be in. Yes. That, you're, you're parachuting and you have a blanket. Blanket might hold. <laughs> might be great. You might be a badass. You might be like, dude, I skydived with a blanket and that blanket is, is whoa, look at me go. Or you might be like, oh, wow, why the bleep did I trust a blanket? Like, 
I grabbed I an Afghan. What did I do? Yeah. I, I hope he does. I hope he turns into a great player, but he was a developmental fifth-round prospect, and, you know, Joshua Kando was a fourth-round de- developmental prospect. Uh, uh, prospect. You know, Passanio was a second-round guy. Like, I'm just sitting here going, I ain't going to all of a sudden put all my eggs in this basket. You hope, you pray, but I'm not counting on it. So yeah. I think you're looking at another earlier investment in the defensive line. I'm not saying first-rounder by any means, but I think you'll see maybe a third or a fourth. You can never have too much. I would see a veteran coming in as well. Um, I wonder again, Mike Dana, if you can give him back on the cheap, but I'm, I'm pretty nervous as far as oh, what it currently looks like on the, uh, edge rushes for Kansas city. Yeah. Hey, look, I've, I've looked at a ton of contracts and I've been looking at Dana stats, his reliability, his age, he comes with two super bowls. I, I think the floor for Mike Dana is 8 million, maybe 10 million per year. Ooh. I mean, if, if you look at all the comps, they're there. If I'm his agent, I feel pretty confident that you're going to get probably a three-year, $24 million deal as a base level in free agency. I just have a hard time. I have a hard time wanting to give him that. That's not a slight to, that's not a slight to Mike Dana, but honestly, I don't want to spend double-digit million on, on Mike Dana. It's so minihue money, wow. and it'd probably be longer. It'd probably be three years um, or so. He's, uh, he's, you're, you're right, by the way. I thought that was absurd. So I looked up spot track. They have Mike Dana as an average of 16.7 million per year. Now take take spot track with a grain of salt. They're not always right, but they did yeah, they, they, they do a lot of research there. Wait, can we talk here? You just said you're not wrong. Like, why would I be wrong, Sterling? I just told you I when did I, the when work. I, when I when I first heard <laughs> 10 million, I was like, that seems like a lot for you were uh, like, dude, are you drunk? You were singing cameo in the beginning. What's happening here? You went to talk about NFL owners. Uh get out of my face. No, you're right. I mean, I look, I hope Mike Dana gets that bag, but I don't want to be the team that pays him that. Do you? Like that 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 sounds exorbitant to me. Um Dana is a nice floor. I I like him in that way, but yeah, I would need him much cheaper to come back. But tell me this: the Chiefs have to have a, the Chiefs have to go shopping for a new starter, right? Like without without a Minihue, uh, for sure. Either that, or you're telling Felix that he's got to start from day one, starters reps. Yeah, like you like you have to. It's bold. So Im- immediately, what should have been. What should have been a, a decently set position, Carl Loftus and Omenihue on both sides, with FAU and Thompson and a couple other guys uh, coming in, you know, to rotate. Without Omenihue, now you need a starter. So that this is why I say it's important to to talk through the inventory because I don't know that I would have said the Chiefs need a starting edge in free agency, but I'm sorry they do. Yeah, I'm looking at the names. You have Josh Allen. That's going to be too steep. Brian Burns, too steep. Daniil Hunter, too steep. Yeah. yeah. Um, Chase Young, obviously. You know, maybe John- Bryce Huff. Yeah, Jonathan uh, Greenard from Greenard. Houston. Yep. Um, Jadavion Clowney, but I don't. I, I've I've heard that that's never going to happen in Kansas City. Uh, Zadarius Smith, right? Uh, Brown. Um, Leonard Floyd, veteran who had a really nice season with Buffalo. Um, Andrew Van Ginkle, Danico Autry. I mean, I mean, there, there's a decent list of names. So I think you're looking at one of those veteran guys more so than the Brian Burns guys who are entering their prime. You're probably looking more at a Leonard Floyd, a one-year deal, a two-year deal. And then you're probably going to have to understand that guy is going to give the reins back over to Charles and Minahu, uh once ever he returns from injury. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, the injury not only makes me feel for a it makes me feel for the chiefs who have a real quandary about if he comes back. Okay. You don't need a full-time starter. He'll come back and help fill in, but if he's not okay, you're looking at a position going, Oh man, yeah. we got to get a guy. So yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, let's D look tackles. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, I didn't mean to, to, to jump on you. Like a no, take trampoline. Us take us through there. Who do we have? In-house. Yeah, it's not great, Maddie. C. We got <laughs> we got we got your uh your best friend, your uh large um large best friend, Neil Farrell. 
uh, Isaiah Bugs on a futures deal and Matt Dickerson. Also, I think a guy that you just absolutely love on a futures deal. That's it. That's it. If you want to let Chris Jones walk, if you if you say, you know what, I'm not paying a 30-year-old 30-something million, just know this. When you go shopping, your list is going to be a mile long because the only thing in the cupboards is the ramen noodles you took to college and didn't finish. That's all the Chiefs have in the cupboard is they don't even have Keandre Coburn. They don't even have... I don't. Maybe they could bring back Mike Pinnell. Sounds good. We got nothing, folks. Nothing. We're bottom feeding at the position. Um, there's there's no one even like developmentally there. There's no one developmentally there. You traded for Neil Farrell, who had three years of cost control left. You didn't play him at all, so now he's down to two years. But what what hope do you have that those two are going to be anything at all? You wasted a six. You wasted a pick on that. Uh, you wasted a pick on Keandre Coburn and let two of the people take him. You could bring Derek Nottie back, maybe. But gosh, that ceiling is low, and I'm just not into it. Mike Pinnell, same thing. Sure. It, like it, it wouldn't be hard to re... I'll say this. It wouldn't be hard to restock with league average guys if that's what you want to do. But... Mike Pinnell, baby, is the truth, the answer, yeah. everything in between. Brett V, I think Brett Veach has significant work to do here. Yeah, this is disheartening. This is sad. I mean, Turk Warden, maybe. Turk, I, yeah, Turk's a, Turk's a free agent. Everyone's gone, man. Everyone's I mean, freaking gone. I kind of like Isaiah Bugs. Like, I thought that was intriguing. He's on a futures deal, but I think Isaiah Bugs was an intriguing pickup. Like, I, I'm actually pretty interested there. But I, again, I'm not putting all my eggs in the Isaiah Bugs basket. That's <laughs> um, good. Yeah, I know that, that that bug might be one that that bites you. I don't know if it's poisonous or not. I ain't going to touch it. I hope it's a good bug. Might be a bad bug. Could be a bad bug. We'll find out. So I'm just sitting here going, this is a spot of most need. It's the yeah. defensive line, defensive line, but specifically defensive tackle, um, especially how the Chiefs defense is constructed. They're constructed around at least one guy on the interior who can rush the passer. Turk Wharton was a guy that somewhat can whenever Chris Jones would go out and, need, and needs a breather. He'd be like, okay, throw in Turk Wharton. He can at least run a little bit. He can get after the guy, get the QB. I mean, man, this is depressing. Yeah. Yeah, this is why you see some mock drafts going for like Tavondre Sweat uh, or others in the first Who's round. the guy from Texas? The guy from Texas. Yeah, Tavondre that- Sweat. He's like 360. Yeah. He's like he's like Don Tari Poe, but not quite as athletic kind of kind of guy uh in fact he's bigger than that he's just he's just a mammoth like ted washington nose tackle kind of guy vince um, Wilfork. say what vince Wilfork. boy boy wouldn't that be something to find a guy like that yeah there's just there's a lot of work here to do i think it's more than people realize when you say the only person under contract is neil farrell that says it all right there to me in terms of the argument for chris jones or not um, so we'll, you know, we'll see what's up. Lucas says Devondre Sweat and Byron Murphy are the two DTs from Texas. And yeah. I, you know, either both of them are supposed to be something, uh, you know, I think we need multiple additions there. Correct. Uh, we're all in agreement here. We got to do something. Even with Chris Jones, you still, even with Chris Jones, if he comes back, you still want to bring in and draft a guy there, like yeah. at a minimum. I, I, I think if I, if it were me, if, if either Tavondre Sweat or Byron Murphy are there, you take one of those two guys. Like, yeah. I, I don't think there's a question. It's just the question is going to be, are those two guys, one of them going to be there? Yeah. Let, let's go to your favorite position here, linebackers. Um, the Chiefs could be losing some key guys. But before we get before you get wrapped up and like, oh, we should bring back this guy. We should extend this guy. Like, let's look at let's look at who we have at the position already. Like, how good does this position feel to you? Do you want to take us through it? Yeah, so at linebacker, you have Nick Bolton, M-I-Z. You have Leo Chennault, who uh, every time the playoffs come around, he just decides that he's going to go into death row mode. It's amazing. (laughs) Um, Cam Jones, uh, Jack Conkren, and then Cole Christensen. Uh, Cam Jones looked really, really good before he went down with injury. Cam Jones, I get it was week 18, but there was something there. He flashed. 
Hmm. So I'm a little intrigued by him. Uh, I think both Cochran and Christensen are decent depth pieces. Like, I don't want them to start, but if they have to be thrust into a game, I think I'm like, okay, I'm comfortable enough. Like, they're not stars, but they're guys you like to have. Whether it's practice squad, special teamers, like, I'm, I'm cool with this. I'm fine at linebacker right now. Not great right now. But I'm fine because I do think Nick Bolton's still your guy. He's a green dot. Leo Chanel, I think, is going to have a massive role next season. And then Cam Jones, I think, is probably a guy you look at as, okay, is he a starter? Is he going to get that fourth guy? Like, I don't think they bring back both Willie and Drew. I think you bring back one, yeah. right? But but I, I, I'm actually not as down on linebackers a lot of people because I think Leo takes that step forward. Nick Bolton's that guy. And I have decently high hopes for Cam Jones. Now, if you don't think Leo takes a step forward and if you don't think Cam Jones is going to play meaningful snaps, you're probably terrified. It comes down to what are your thoughts on those two guys specifically? Yeah, I I agree with you for the most part. I, I don't know that I would hang my hat on a week 18 performance from anyone, Cam Jones Agreed. or otherwise. Agreed. Um, that said, Leo Chanel, man, watching him in the Super Bowl, it is clear to me, look, it, we've talked about Nick Bolton and his great leadership and instincts and tackling. We've talked about Willie Gay's athleticism and 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 his blend of, of strength and 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 the, the athleticism quickness, like sideline to sideline speed. We call him like the most athletic of all the linebackers. Um, Drew Tranquil, we we fawned over Drew Tranquil like he was our Valentine all year long, right? There's the heart. But I'll say this. Leo Chanel and the way that he looked in the Super Bowl and the way they're learning to use him, he might end up being the most productive and and impactful of all of them when all is said and done. And that makes me think, I don't want you to make any moves that now take Leo Chanel off the table of major starters reps. So if you can bring back Drew Tranquil and still feature Leo in a major starring role, great. If you want to bring back Willie instead, if you want to add another guy because maybe championships have priced these guys out of your orbit, I'm good with that too. I think we need another import, re-signing or signing. However, I need Leo Chanel to be the featured man here in the middle. Yeah. Could not agree more. Um, I talked to him about his growth from year one to year two, uh, opening night there in Vegas. And, you know, just how Spags is such a, uh, uh, it's so unique, right? And he brought up the fact that, yeah, it, the first year was like drinking from a, I think was, he said drinking from a water hose or a gardening hose. Because like just so much, you're, it's, it's just a faucet or fire hydrant. Fire maybe hose, is what he's yeah. Yeah, and I'm just sitting here going, that makes a lot of sense. He goes, well, now I feel more comfortable. And you can see it. He, he understands more now. And he's also used in a lot of different roles. He, he mentioned being used as an edge rusher. Like, yeah. I remember talking to Harms when he was drafted saying, I can't wait to see how they use Leo. Well, we finally saw it last year getting used as an edge rusher some because he can get after the quarterback. He was yeah. bullying George yeah. Kittle. Bully, known as maybe the best blocking tight end in football. Yeah, how those blocking tight ends, uh, George Kittle T1 supporters, how are they feeling now? Yeah, he got his <laughs> ass kicked by Leo Chanel. It's great. Um, I went on a whole round stack in the box about this today about um, those folks. I love George Kittle, so it's not a slide against him. It's just, come on now. Come on. Uh, but Leo just dominated him. He's such a chess piece. I'm with you. Don't take him off the field. Bring back a guy for depth, but... Not in the case of taking Leo off the field. That dude is a stud. Totally, totally. Uh, let's go to cornerback here um, because we've we've talked about Legereus Sneed, but what's in the cupboard? Like if before we talk, before you think, oh yeah, bring him back or not, here's what they have. They have Trim McDuffie, Josh Williams, Jalen Watson, Nick Jones, Echo Boyado, Kelvin Joseph, and Keith Taylor both on futures deals um and then you know you also have some other versatile guys who can play corner uh nazi johnson shamari connor could probably slide into roles there based on their body of work in college um when you when you hear that group together how confident do you feel before any other moves are made decent actually um i was trying to find keith taylor if he was the guy that was 
Um, yeah, I went to Washington, right? Um, okay. That's that Keith Taylor went to Washington. Um, Washington's known for developing really good cornerbacks as well, obviously. Um, I have, again, I'm not saying I'm putting faith in a futures deal, but like you have some depth there. Uh, Nazi Johnson was getting a lot of run, you know, whether you say safety or cornerback, there was a lot of talk that he might be a starter. He might be getting a huge piece of the rotation when he got injured. That was really sad to see for him. Yeah. Um, Boydo, I, I actually was a pretty big fan of, uh, you know, at K-State and he showed out in preseason and OTAs and training camp. He's worked his way up. He kept finding his way onto the field. And then we saw him week 18. He's it very feels like slim. he leaped Nick Jones, doesn't it? It feels yeah, like he I, leaped Yeah, I, I think so too. And he, he's a very slender guy, but he's not afraid to tackle. Like he, he, he'll still bring you down. It's not going to be a hard hit. It's not Justin Reed at safety out there, but it's not Legereus Sneed or even McDuffie. But I, I like Echo Boydo. But it, now we get into the meat of what it is. And that is Jalen Watson, Josh Williams, and Trent McDuffie. Trent McDuffie, all pro one, but that's in the slot. Do you trust him to move on the outside more often? That remains to be seen. Joshua Williams, more of an outside corner. I like him a lot. You know, this is his third year. He was drafted as a developmental big body corner. And in the smaller-ish sample size that we have seen, I'm a fan. Jalen Watson also was a little up and down this year. I think he was better his rookie year than his sophomore year. But I'm still kind of in on Jalen Watson. I trust Dave Merritt and the defense as a whole to get the best out of these guys. Um, I think if you don't have Legereus Sneed, they obviously take a massive step back, but I don't think it's just this some disaster that people think it is. I think overall you're looking at cornerback where you sit right now and you have to feel pretty darn good. Yeah, because remember, remember this. It starts here. How good did Trent McDuffie look in this postseason compared to how he looked a year before? That's a massive leap. Now he's going to take another massive leap. So you start with an improved Trent McDuffie. That's where you start with, and then you go from there. And again, you either believe in your developmental pipeline or you don't. You either trust your coaches and your scouts or you don't. So you look and you go, we haven't seen what Joshua Williams can do. Given repeated reps, let's watch him make mistakes and learn from them. Let's watch him take chances and learn from him. Let's watch his instincts develop over time to where we see at the end of the season what kind of product he really is. So I think you have to let that play out. Jalen Watson, he's come up with several big plays in the past, like clutch plays. Yeah. Even if he gets burned, he also has a penchant for the for making plays on the ball. So, you know, to me, I think we're already loaded enough where you could let Sneed go and I think get away with a moderately sized import whether yeah. that's like a Bashad Breland kind of signing. Yes. Not, obviously not Bashad Breland now years later, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Or, or, a, or around three or four or five cornerback. Yeah. I, I see this one from Josh right here. He says, Jalen Watson has had enough opportunity to seize a CB three at very best. I, I think he is a CB three personally, Josh. Um, I think he, he could potentially be a CB two back end guy. Like, I'm not saying he's a stud, but I, I, I think I could see him being a, a CB2 type of guy. I get what you're saying, but also CB3 is all I'm asking. Like, because McDuffie's your CB1, however you want to say, inside or slot. That's fine. I think Joshua Williams is your CB2. And then in that instance, Jalen Watson is your CB3. And I think, again, that's that's fine. I'm not asking him to be a um, luxurious Sneed replacement. That's not what I'm saying here. But if he can be a CB3... Or even a back in on the knock on the door of a CB two type of guy. I think you're pretty comfy there. That that, yeah. that that's my thought process here. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the other thing here that we haven't like fully we said it, but we just didn't fully explore it. It could be Shamari Connor. It could be Shamari Connor. Yeah. In that role because because both guys fourth round picks we traded up for Legarius Need and Connor. Both guys tough, overly physical, incredible tacklers willing to play up against the run. Both guys came with starting experience in corner and safety roles. And earlier this year, Dave Tobe and the other coaches, by the way, talking about Shamari Connor, were like, hey, this guy's capable of some great things. I mean, it was it was big time. So all that to say, I think the Chiefs really, really like what they could have in Shamari Connor. And he comes with the same profile as a violent physical 
willing and capable, versatile pass defender. The Chiefs grew that into Legarius Seed. By the way, they grew that into Charvarius Ward, too. So let's be very clear. Thank you, Parker Anger. There it is. <laughs> Parker, dude, that deal. What a deal. What a deal. Let's talk safety here to round this out. Brian Cook got injured, but he's back. Justin Reed is in the final year of his three-year deal that he signed as a free agent. Um, and then Mike Edwards, as we said, is gone. But we have Connor, as we just said, Nazi Johnson, and then a guy named Trey Dean on a futures deal here. To me, that could be my top four. Reed and Cook, you put Shamari Connor in Mike Edwards' old role. You let Nazi Johnson play Deion Bush's role and, and see how much they grow. What do you think? Yeah, I'm comfy here. I, I think it depends where you use Tremari Connor first and foremost. If you use him as a cornerback, I want another guy. If yes, you think he's yeah. a safety, I'm cool with it. You still have room to bring back a Mike Edwards or another guy. I think Justin Reed most likely. This is for another day. Well, my opinion, I think Justin Reed has a good chance of being extended because his cap hit, I think, is, de- is decent. So you might just get, sign him to another year or two, uh, kind of move the money around a little bit, if you will. Um, but Brian Cook will be back. He'll be healthy. Those two guys are your starters. Tremari Connor, again, wherever you put them, remains to be seen. Kind of same with Nazi Johnson. But that's fine because the, the Chiefs, Dave Merritt, and Spags, they love versatility in their secondary. So you'll see a lot of mixing and matching. I think Nazi Johnson's both a little bit corner and safety. Same thing with Tremari. I, I wouldn't mind another veteran guy like a Mike Edwards, another one-year, $3 million contract. Uh, I think, personally, Tremari Connor fits more at safety based on his speed. You know, he's not a fast guy. Um, You know how Jerry's was more of a safety move to corner. I felt like Chamari was more of a corner move to safety at the same time. They expected Chamari Connor to be a special teamer, and yet here he is as an integral part as a rookie in the playoff run. So he keeps exceeding expectations. So at some point, I got to stop doubting that guy. Um, Doubt Nabby. Yeah, I, I, I think right. I, I feel good here, though. I, I feel comfortable with where the Chiefs are currently at at safety. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I, I mean, I'm with you. I, I like where they're at safety. Safety's not expensive. It's not. If you need a yeah. third safety, we can grab one. You can grab one in June, for that matter, on the cheap. I'm not worried about it. Uh, I will say this. Last here, I think this is important to know heading into free agency and all the talk. All the talk we're going to be doing about free agency, I'll say this. If they're right and the salary cap increases even $8 million more than they think, they're now saying it could be $250 million. Those teams that are void of talent and flush with cash, or as John Ralphio would say, flush with cash. Um, Parks and Rec joke right there for those of you who watch it. Anyway, um, if those teams are as flush with cash and need as they will, a guy like why wouldn't a GM go to Legere Steen and go, I'll give you three million dollars more per year, um, like for the goods. Like, like if you're already gonna sign Sneed at like 18 million, why wouldn't you offer 20 million if if the cap's gonna go up like like crazy? So it's gonna be interesting to see how much extra cash some teams have. Um, because some teams have to spend it, um, which could put some of these guys out of orbit. Um, even though we want them to come back. Um, so anyway, uh, well, with that said, we've gone through the defense. We've checked the cupboards. Folks, that's the rundown. We know what the Chiefs have and what they need now at this point on defense. Um, we're going to be back next week to do the offense, but before we head out of here, Richard, are you there? That's my knocking noise. I'm here. That that sounded very real. Was that a sound effect? I thought so, yeah. Oh, amazing. There it is. Glad to see everybody here, though. Folks, we're here with the must list. It's our time at the end of the podcast on Tuesdays where we get with you on what we're recommending. We hope to hear from you what you're recommending uh, because we'd love to know what are you reading, what are you watching, what are you listening to that uh, would make for maybe good fodder that we'd all love to hear. So, um Anyway, here we here we go. I love um, how John F's wacky world. Shout out to you. You're always here. Says Gong. He's still. It was that bit we brought up like two times. I was gonna bring a China symbol up, and I love <laughs> that you. That is a pull. That that is the Arrowhead Attic deep pull right there. Appreciate you, dude. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Uh, Sterling, you want to take us through the uh, 
through the must list today. Yeah, uh, this is for people who are, um, I want to say 18 plus, but let's be real. When I was in high school and listened to this album, I could not stop laughing. It was Tenacious D's first album, Tenacious D. Uh, dude, It was. it's just so good. Like, don't listen to it with your parents. Please don't. That's going to be a real awkward conversation to have. Uh, like you listen to Kibasa or uh, song number six on that on that album. Yo. Uh, but like inward singing, hilarious. The song Lee slaps, rock your socks, drive through. Listen, listen to drive through with your parents. That one's funny. Uh, but man, every time I listen to it the other day and I go so funny, so witty, so musically talented. Kyle Gass and Jack Black. Um, they truthfully are very, very talented. And so you almost are like, they could have just started like a legit band and like kicked a lot of ass, but they wanted to make hilarious music for us. And that I appreciate. So Kyle Gass, Jack Black, Tenacious D, here is to you. Love it. Love it. It's no Bloodhound Gang, but it's I, says ADG. Oh, I forgot about Bloodhound Gang. That in middle school went so hard. I love it. Love it. Uh, Richard, what are you recommending today? Uh, we're going to go with a film that I just rewatched over the weekend because I was lazy. Sometimes I just don't like watching new movies. I just like sitting around nostalgic, nostalgizing if that's a, if that's a verb. Uh, but I watched Galaxy Quest. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the genre. Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver, Alan Rickman, who I once mistaken, mis- mistook for Gary Oldman and then said Gary Oldman was dead on this show. That's a throwback yeah. to when I, I, I said Gary Oldman died. I get my English actors mixed up. My English actors who play villains, I think they're all the same. He Gary was Oldman's Snape, alive. right? He, he was uh, Severus Snake. Alan Rickman was Snake. He was, uh, he was uh, the villain in Die Hard. Um, yes, yes. Yes. And he, rest in peace. Uh, Gary Oldman is still alive, but yeah, uh, Galaxy Quest, awesome film. It's uh, it's just like Three Amigos, honestly. It's it's a it's actors acting in a situation that is life or death. So you've got a, a cast and crew of a Star Trek film. Uh, they get abducted by aliens who believe that their TV show were historical documents uh, about their adventures. So they believe this crew can actually help them fight a war. Um, but it's just a bunch of, you know, nobodies. It's a bunch of, you know, washed up uh, 70s, act whatever, 80s actors who are from an old Star Trek-esque show. So hilarious. If nobody's ever seen it, watch Galaxy Quest. It's great. It's got a lot of awesome actors. you got future Oscar winner Sam Rockwell in there, too. It's 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 it's, it's great. Why aren't you watching it? Turn this <laughs> podcast off. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, from the comments, by the way, we have someone who's recommending the new Dune movie the part two uh that first one was badass i mean i like i love i mean i love the book i was gonna love the movie love the movie i know the movie's not out yet so whoever phantom 1090 apparently has preview access uh or something but yeah glad to see it's already recommended there uh love that john s wacky world recommends two cultish flicks the warriors and phantasm no not no oscar nominees here but good viewing in my honest opinion, uh, I'm going to go with a music uh, recommendation, by the way, because I got the I got the album in advance and I love it. Uh, but even the new single is great. The new Pearl Jam is like I love those guys and I still love what they're doing. And even their new stuff's great. So Dark Matters, the new single, the new album. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, is Pearl Jam your thing? Are you guys Pearl Jam fans? All I will say is I could not be doing this podcast with a better man. I love it. I love it. Wait, by way, yeah, I was going to say, we, how are we not talking about Pearl Jam? I'm talking in our voices. What? So close out the show in the voice, please. Hey, did I ever tell you in college, my voicemail? Did I tell you this already? No. I, I, it, the, Pearl Jam was my college voicemail. It was, you just call me and there's no one home. You can't find the Connor man. And then that was it. Anyway, uh, yeah, you've been Sorry, listening. everyone. Word up. <laughs> um, yeah. One more music rec. Black Diamond by the Groundhogs. I don't know if they make funny voices, but Eddie Vedder does. Folks, we're here. Richard has a funny voice. Sterling has a funny voice. I've got a funny voice. We're all here. I would say go Chiefs, but we're like, how do you close out the offseason? I forgot how to close out the offseason. Richard, take us out.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.